Good morning, afternoon, or evening, however it may greet you, and welcome back to Clerixware Ringmail. In this episode, we are going to dive into part two of our call-in extravaganza, the birthday bonanza. Not my birthday, of course, but somebody's. And with that, take it away! Hey, Taylor, it's Randy from Biggest Geekus. Uh, I'm in the middle of your most recent podcast. You know, God bless you, buddy. We'll pray for you and your family. I'm really glad you share those things. I love honesty. I try to be as much as I can as well um, on our podcast. Uh, you know, hope hope God blesses your wife and keeps her healthy to the end of the of the uh, birth and hope you guys do well. And you know, don't worry about that weight, dude. I've carried more than 25 pounds for years. You'll be all right now. You can lose it. It'll be good. I know you will. So I hear you huffing and puffing on the treadmill sometimes in your old episodes. So no worries, man. And God bless you. Keep on making content and podcasting. Take care. Thinking about the extra weight, at the moment, uh, the only weight I'm concerned about is the extra eight pounds and four ounces that I am carrying uh, these last couple days. Thank you for praying to carry us through to the end, because as I might be intimating... And now comes the part where Taylor egregiously underestimates how long it will take him to get this response episode out, and how many places he posted about his newborn. He did. Uh, The prayer was successful, and little Nathan came into the world on the afternoon of the 12th. I was kind of hoping for Valentine's Day myself, but after we had come in on Friday to have him, uh, that was long enough. I was not in the mood to go any further. And with that addition to our family, we've officially fleshed out the three core classes. Because as everybody knows, Greyhawk is not OSR. Well put, Taylor, and well put, Jason from Nerds. Yeah, trying to run a Christianity theme in an RPG is a recipe for disaster. I think you talked about it once in one of your podcasts, Taylor. I mean... The all-powerful God would his clerics would um, <laughs> would dominate. I mean, they, there's nothing he couldn't do and accomplish. And uh, yeah, it wouldn't be a very an exciting world. I think he couldn't do it faithfully. Um, I don't know how much they would truly be clerics in the sense that they would be fighting people. I have always wondered what it would be like to run a monotheistic campaign <clears throat> where there is a deity that everybody worships and all others are quote unquote forbidden. That could be fun, but not Christian, not a Christian God. Yeah, I would pass on that. Though I do remember, do you guys recall in Dragon Magazine, they did have stats for Satan once. Cabin Con 66, main event, Joe's Wizard versus Satan. Yeah, I'd like to remember what issue that was in, but I don't recall. Anyway, take care. Having listened through to a couple call-ins and having taken a couple days to think about it, I will reaffirm my original position uh, with some caveats, or some clarifications as they may be. So I'm still on the same boat as uh, you and Jason is. Are you and Jason are? Uh, It's probably bad policy to have real-world religions in a fake-world game, 
So if I'm creating a fiction that includes the real world stuff, how am I going to balance that respectfully and how am I going to handle that? However, I will put in the caveat, I do think something like Pendragon, and with the case of Pendragon, it is like you mentioned, a monotheistic, and I have not played it, I'll reaffirm that too. I'm assuming that we're working off of Arthurian legend. In Arthur's England, you're going to have essentially Christianity and the pagan uh, Celtic religions. And so there you have your very clear law-chaos kind of dichotomy. And that's not to say one of them is law and one of them is chaos, but the purpose of alignment in the game is to kind of create that conflict, is to allow for a sort of competition and dichotomy to drive some narrative elements. But why does it work? It works because it is an established legendarium, and instead of creating our own fiction, we are instead paying homage to tradition. It is not the same Christianity that we would practice today, but that will make sense. The, the A thousand years have passed. And so long as we are respectful to the history, so long as we are respectful to the legend, then that's fine. So why then does the Eastern Orthodox slash Roman slash Great Chisholm stuff work? Well, that is your monotheistic campaign. It's the same players, it's the same book, albeit one, well, some of them are a little expurgated, uh, thank you Mr. Luther, but the moral of the story is, it is the same basic tenets. Today, that doesn't matter. Uh, I have been to different Protestant churches, I, you've been to different Catholic churches, I know friends who are uh, Greek Orthodox. Went to one's wedding last autumn, actually. That was fun. And it doesn't matter, we don't see each other as adversaries. However, back in the Middle Ages, that was a very real thing. And I forget what I was listening to. Humorously, it may actually be a call into this podcast. I have not been sleeping, you guys, so I really hope that you can put up with me. But where I was going with this, there exist documents that are accessible for general public consumption where you can see what medieval people thought each other believed. And to speak nothing of what medieval uh, peasants thought Muslims believed, because that was uh, that's a whole nother can of beans, there are basic things that Protestants don't know about Catholics, or Catholics don't know about Protestants, or either of the Western factions don't know about the, the East. And then we're not even going to worry about the, oh, what was it? Was it the Aryan uh, heresy? The one the one in North Africa where they denied the divinity of the Christ and the nice, uh, the, all the bishops and stuff met in Nicaea, came up with the Nicene Creed uh, to kind of combat that heresy? Yes, the Arian heresy, named after Alexandrian priest Arius, who died in 336 current era, he denied the divinity of Christ, instead maintaining that the Son was not eternal, not one of the nature of God, but instead a dependent instrument created for the redemption of the world. In 325, so before he died, the General Council of Nicaea under Athanasius, uh, on whom I did a report in college, interestingly enough, and the source of the phrase, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, 
defined and affirmed the doctrine of the co-eternity and co-equality of God and Son. Wait, is this a gaming podcast? But there are some basic stuff, like so, some Protestants thought that Catholics did not worship the Father God, they would instead worship the saints, which is, of course, hogwash. And not to go into too many details about the difference of what the word saint might mean between different interpretations of the text, what the saints are in the Catholic Church, they got there by being faithful to the same scripture that the medieval Protestants would have been reading. Or, well, the, the ones that could read, anyway. But, I am rambling. Uh, I think that would work because I'm curious now, and knowing that there are different interpretations, if we're faithful to the history, then that would be pretty fine. I think that may fall into the category that Daniel specified of not currently practiced. Because, the yeah, like I said, the book is the same, but that's a thousand, two thousand years ago. So there's been a little bit of, uh, there's been a little bit of change in the way that the common population understands or how much they have access to. So what I will leave you with, and I had, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bad podcast host. I am releasing this episode way after their Kickstarter, their Kickstarter has ended. So I am not empowering you, my listener, to go take part in this cool thing, nor am I supporting these creators. But it did fund, so I don't feel too bad. But uh, recently, I came across a Kickstarter. Uh, I will link it in the show notes, where for, and uh, I'm, I'll do the, I'm doing the sign of the cross right now to atone for the sin I'm about to commit. For the fifth edition rule set, they did a Kickstarter for a time of the Christ setting. That is, they did a lot of research into what the world was like in Rome a la year zero, uh, and they created an adventure path that starts, if I remember correctly, around 20 AD. So Christ is alive, but he's not doing his thing yet. So this is literally set in Judea where all of the events are taking place but it was aggressively researched. Uh, it looked very interesting. I was very tempted to back it, but again, I don't play the fifth edition, and I had a little bit of a uh, surprise uh, and changes to priorities in my funding in these last couple weeks, as I announced in my previous response to you, Randy. But moral of the story, it was a very cool look into what the world was like in the turn of the turn of the testaments, so to speak. And I think they did a very good job of being respectful to it. Or I, I say they did a good job, they haven't released it yet. I think they are doing a good job of being respectful to it because they are, they're not setting, they're, they've, adopt, they've changed some of the classes, they've changed some of the functions, and they are, uh, they're not having you interact with Jesus because that stuff, that stuff will go on if your campaign runs through 33 AD. But it's a, it's a fascinating subject. I will be very tempted to see if I can get a hold of it outside of the Kickstarter because I flubbed and did not promote it. But where I'm going with this, as Daniel had alluded to, pre-Christian and kind of religions of antiquity have a much more direct role of the gods in everyday life. This applies to the Old Testament. We're talking about pillars of flame leading columns of people. We're talking about snakes falling out of the sky. And that's just one chat. That's just one of the books. It's uh, throughout 
the uh, throughout the Old Testament, you have lots of really cool stuff going on and a bunch of real conflicts. Where in the New Testament, we have the basic assumption that the Christ has won. Anyway, that's enough caffeine babbling on that subject for now. Please do feel free to check out the link in the show notes for what I'm talking about here. And thank you, Randy, for calling in. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for your prayers. And we can change that over from uh, a plaintiff approach to uh, one of gratitude. Uh, We did manage to come home on Valentine's Day. And little man is uh, getting used to his new home. Taylor, it's Evil Jeff. Just finished up with your podcast about timekeeping. Good ideas. I like what you were saying and keeping things going. Though I'm going to have to say that you're probably using a very customized wilderness wandering monster check to have fire trucks, garbage trucks, and race cars and such around. I I can't find that in anything that I've owned. Ah, yes. That uh, wandering encounter table is from an a very little-known supplement, Caverns and Car Seeds. Uh, I believe it's a TSR product. And, you know, you, you need to start early. You need to start early. They have those boys want to do stuff with you. Get them into gaming. See, you've, you're building your own gaming group. Don't let the opportunity pass you by. If you do, well then, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. Keep up the good work. Later. Regarding starting them young, I feel like they've already started, at least the imaginative play part. You can already ask them what a dragon says, and they will respond that it roars. One of them will occasionally uh, pretend to cast fire. They don't know what they're doing, but imaginative play. Imaginative play is without question the core competency of your workaday toddler. An internet friend of mine, a fellow I've played with, not really an OSR guy, he plays 2E, but... Anyway, he's uh, famously quoted as saying he's not going to introduce his children to Dungeons & Dragons. He would like them to have social lives and girlfriends and that kind of stuff. But we'll see. I think I I will definitely cater to whatever uh, whatever my boys do, and we will see where it takes them. I do appreciate the call. I do appreciate the well wishes, and I, you are absolutely right. I've got my uh, LBB party going on. I got my twins, which are my magic user and my fighting man. Dragonlance reference for anybody who's listening. And then my third guy, I guess he's going to be our little cleric. Uh, we will see how his wisdom turns out. Just to push him in the right direction, I've had VeggieTales playing on the TV instead of their customary Super Truck or uh, Blippy marathons. Great to hear from you, my man. Thank you for calling. Hey Taylor, this is Joe from Biggest Geekus. Remember me? Anyway, I was just listening to your latest episode about strict uh, time records, and in listening to the uh, call-ins, you're referencing a previous episode about religion in games. And uh, I played a character recently who was a uh, Church of England priest in a game. I felt it difficult to do something that would be natural for a priest to do... um, 
over the course of the day invoke invoking uh the lord in an appropriate way uh, in game because i felt it a bit of a mockery since it wasn't real it's gaming so i understand the appeal of uh using completely um, fantastic religions because there's nothing you're mocking and while i wouldn't put that um on other people it's a personal thing uh, like any kind of morals that I, I, I'm, I'm not going to make uh, someone else or not suggest that other people do so, it's personal. Uh, I, I, I think if going forward that character will become an NPC in that game and I'll play a different character uh, because I just don't, I won't feel comfortable um, being a priest of a real world religion in a fake game running the risk of mocking my true faith. It may sound a little silly, but uh, I'm going to take it seriously in this case. Anyway, I really enjoyed the episode. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, keep up the good work being a good father and husband. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Many thanks, and I will keep working. So far, I'm thinking the husband part is actually more challenging than the father part, but that just might be that the twins and I have a shared love for dinosaurs that uh, my wife just, uh, she can't she can't get passionate about. And from, to speak to your call, I absolutely agree with you. I do think, I think I had made that clear and that may have inspired the call in, and I appreciate your solidarity in that sense. To that end, I understand where you're coming from, and I respect uh, where you're coming from, and I likewise, I respect where other folks are coming from who don't share the same beliefs I do, but who would not feel comfortable being uh, represented in a fantasy sense. There are abstractions you can throw on top of it, but eh, at the end of the day, it's just, it's just easier, and honestly, it's fun. I enjoy doing uh, research into uh, pre-Christian religions. I enjoy doing research into cultures that are underrepresented in the fantasy repertoire. So my, my home setting, the famous setting that I tell stories about but never seem to run anybody in, is uh, based off of the Phoenician pre-Hellenic period. So the uh, Carthaginians and the Canaanites at, at sea. They're distinct from Sumeria, but they share a lot of similarities, and it's a really interesting uh, it's a really interesting period in history. And I heard they weren't they don't get a lot of uh, they don't get a lot of love in fiction. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's just that uh, Rome is so much more dominant. Egypt is so much more dominant. It's stuff that's embedded in the cultural zeitgeist, and where the sea people they don't leave as many artifacts. They they don't have as many epics that are passed down. So a lot of a lot of what they were was burned at the end of the Punic Wars and when Carthage uh, had salt sewn into its field by the Romans. Either way, I hope your gaming uh, is going great. Uh, I know it uh, may be a challenge to, to role play, it may be a challenge to figure out, but either way, I'm uh, confident that you'll figure it out and would encourage you to delve on. Thank you for calling in, my man.
Yo, Taylor, it's Arlen. I wanted to call in and uh, I just realized I hope you can't hear my neighbor's music playing because they like to play their music very loud and my microphone sometimes picks it up, but hopefully it'll just be kind of a little bit in the background as percussion. That sort of sounds like what it is right now. Yeah, I can't hear anything in the background, at least as far as I can tell. But I'm rambling. Anyway, I wanted to say huge congrats to you and yours as a uh, a new member of the uh, the clerical family and all of that sort of stuff. We are all, of course, uh, you know, really excited for you and uh, hoping to get to play with you again soon. But understand that the uh, the needs of being a, uh, a father to another little and take precedence over gaming with your buddies. So anyway, congratulations, and I will talk to you soon. Many, many thanks, friend, for the congratulations and for the call-in. I'm excited about new baby. I'm excited about playing games, and I'm hoping to actually get in on a couple in the near future. I may have mentioned this in a previous response. This episode is like a month in the making, but... Uh, my wife is taking over probably 90% of new baby, and I'm taking over probably 90% of the twins. But fortunately, what that implies is that I'm sleeping a lot more this time around rather than the first. And thinking about it, that sort of makes sense because with the twins, it was a one-on-one. Uh, I had a mom, uh, and I had a dad, and we had a baby for each. And so every three hours, like clockwork, pop up some frozen uh, pumped milk, put that in a bottle and feed them, and then uh, put them back down, clean up, and hope for the best. Where this time around, I will occasionally sleep through feedings. Now, this is counterposed to at maybe one in the morning when the baby has decided, I figure it's daytime now, let's let's hang out. And uh, I, he'll scream until you pick him up. There have been a couple nights where I've picked him up to try to let my wife sleep a little more, and again, I'm watching the twins in the morning, trying to give her some more sleep time and heal from the whole process that brought him into the world. But by and large, my limitations regarding the little guys, pretty much the same. So uh, I know that we've been playing a lot of games around 7.30 Hob standard. I should, start, uh, I should start to be able to get in. I continue to be optimistic about my ability to run games. Uh, it will... Uh, I'm nervous about the prep aspect of it. I'm not having a lot of luck prepping right now just because it's constant, it's so constant. You'd think that because I've taken some time off of work that I'd have all this wash of free time. No, the uh, the twins, they will see me. I'll have my laptop propped up in the kitchen so I can see them and they're doing their thing and I'm doing, and then one of them will walk up and they'll just lean on my leg and go, Dada, I need you to stop. No more. No more. He just, he doesn't care what I'm doing. He just wants me to not do that. Someone must have slipped him the board book version of the Lazy Dungeon Master's Guide. Anyway, I'm rambling a bit. Uh, I do appreciate the call and I appreciate the encouragement and I incur appreciate the congratulations. I'm excited to game a little bit more uh, or a little bit at all. <laughs> and we will, uh, we will overcome. Peace out, my friend, and uh, nothing but love sending your way. Here ends 
part two of my call-in special, The Birthday Bonanza. Thank you. I want to say thank you to my callers. Uh, that is Randy and Joe, both of Biggest Geekus, Evil Jeff of Minions and Musings, and Arlen Walker of Live from Pelham's Wasteland. Their respective products are available in the show notes as links. I encourage you to go check all of them out. And looking forward to part three, A Journey with Jason. A show like this would not be complete without Jason Connerly of Nerds Variety Cast. So look forward to that further on in the week. In between now and then, thank you for listening, everybody who did. And, as always, Delve On. Square Ring Mail Podcast is an independently owned and operated product released for educational and informative purposes under the Totally Steal This license, which is kind of like Creative Commons, except f- licensing. Segments recorded within a vehicle are recorded using a Bluetooth hands-free device in conjunction with local vehicular safety legislation. The music for the Clear Square Ring Mail Podcast is Gold Coffee by Michael Ramirez, retrieved from Mixkit.co and used under the Mixkit royalty-free music license. Sound effects used in the Clear Square Ring Mail Podcast are also retrieved from Mixkit.co and used in accordance with the Mixkit-free sound effects license. Clear Square Ring Mail does not ascribe to nor endorse views or opinions expressed by call-ins, guests, or even the host, unless you think they're awesome, and thus does not assume any liability regarding the consumption or distribution of this podcast. By listening to the Clear Square Ring Mail Podcast, you agree to these provided terms. Parties with questions regarding these terms, conditions, or releases are encouraged to reach out to Clear Square Email at the prescribed methods provided on the Clear Square email blog. Parties dissatisfied with these terms, conditions, or releases are encouraged to go suck an egg.